welcome to the Hunter's Hub side quest. Uh, I am very excited for the return of this show. Uh, one of my, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love doing the weekly stuff, but I really like experiencing new games, so I'm excited to be back here uh, with some new co-host, uh, Vengeful Torture. Welcome. You were a previous uh, guest, and you've had me on your stream a couple times. So Yeah, glad to be I, here. Really happy to make another appearance in the, in the podcast and talk about some fun games. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And um, also with me today, Leo Reiser. Uh, if you guys have listened before, he's part of our Magic uh, show. So, hey, Leo. Hey, Fort. Yeah, uh, good to be here. Yeah. So now we get to hear about your video game stuff instead of all those combos you're slinging. <laughs> Look, just because I also play a lot of cards that combo with other cards doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get into... Um, our game that we chose uh, a month ago, if you guys followed along and hopefully played along, uh, we played Massive Chalice from Double Fine Games. Um, uh, I know it's out on Steam. Uh, it's also out on Good Old Games. I don't know if it hit consoles. I didn't do a whole lot of research aside from what I played it on. Um, I believe it's what on did Xbox you guys play it on? One as well? Yeah, but I don't think it was on PS4. I played it on on Steam. Yeah, I, I've had it downloaded on Steam. So, okay, cool. Um, so I like to start out normally these kind of things with like, uh, initial thoughts, impressions, uh, Leo going into this, you knew what this game was already. Uh, in fact, you were the ones that, one of the ones that suggested it. Um, but VT, have you ever experienced this game before we did this this month or not? No, I never really, I, I hadn't even heard of it, um, at, at all, but instantly when we were talking about what games to look into and looked up, it was it's a tactics game, and I was like, I'm in, I'm fine, it's great. <laughs> yeah, sold. Yeah, uh, for me, it's very hit or miss for tactics games for me. Um, I hate XCOM. Uh, I just I don't know. I've never got into it, and the couple times I tried to play it, it was just brutal and hard, and I hated it. Um, the one time I played Fire Emblem, uh, it was like the GameCube one, the one that's like trying to buy it on the secondhand market's like 150 dollars now oh, geez. Uh, it's like radiant dawn is that the one yeah that one uh, so good yeah i got some sort of like quest to like battle two. i got some sort of girl who was like trying to find her father and i was like really invested and she died forever and i was like fuck it i'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't just restart the battle like the truly dedicated individuals <laughs> I, I didn't know. This was like you know, over 10 years ago now that this happened. <laughs> yeah, per- permadeath is, is scary, man. It's a, it's a thing. Like, oof. Yep. And, and I, I, yeah. always, I always balance that of like, crap, like do I just go back and, and basically waste the last hour redoing that battle? But it, would it be worth it? It's probably worth it. Do I feel cheap? Kind of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, I had never really gotten into permadeath. It was a real big turnoff for me, especially that, that Fire Emblem game. Uh, and then all of a sudden I got into Darkest Dungeon and like Slay the Spire and those sort of like run games, uh, which kind of eased me into permadeath. And then um, I, what, what the crap is the name of that game? The guys who made FTL, Into the Breach. Um, oh, I haven't Max, heard of that one. So it's it's really cool. Um, I won't do it. We, I don't think we'll end up doing an episode on it. I c- talked about it to death on the regular podcast, uh, mm-hmm. but it is a tactics RPG uh, in the same vein of what we're playing here, Massive Chalice. Um, but you have a unit of three three members, uh, and you do runs like you like Slay the Spire and that kind of stuff, where it's you know roguelike runs. Um, 
but tactics, tactical RPG, you have three units that sort of cohese together to do different abilities and stuff. Um, and you're trying to protect the civilian buildings. You're you're on giant mechs versus giant bugs, <laughs> and uh, very very cool. It's it's one of those uh, tactical RPGs where you have almost perfect information. You can see what's happening next round. The enemies are doing. You can see what you're doing. Um, oh, so it is the, like straight planning. Like you can pr- you you can make the battle exactly play out how you want it to, basically. Right, but the problem is you're fighting from behind a lot, especially since you only have access to three units period mm, gotcha so you're like okay what is okay to lose at this point what what am i okay with like allowing to take a hit what am i so it's a lot of sacrifice a lot of, uh, a lot of that, triage what's mm-hmm. what can i live without and what am i going to be okay not having access to in the future right yeah uh yeah and the the big thing is allowing civilians to get hit. Once you like allow like seven or so to get hit, game over, done. You're dead. Like <laughs> you, that that run is lost. Like, and you can get them back and stuff, and they have chances of resisting. But yeah, that's a lot about a different game. Uh, my <laughs> my, I, well, I just love it. Right, I, I just. That was an amazing game. So it kind of eased me into this game, uh, Massive Chalice. Uh, I had never. I had heard about it. Um, I heard about, I think this was kickstarted um, during Correct. the Kickstarter craze, you know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had yeah. so many games uh, that, you know, did fairly well, except for ukulele. Screw that game. Anyways. Uh, oh, I like ukulele. <laughs> I, I can't stand it. I love Banjo-Kazooie and that one just felt hollow. <laughs> but um, the, uh, I, I, I was looking at the game when we first saw it and I was like, okay, Let's see how it goes. And then um, I didn't have a lot of strong, like, am I going to like this? I didn't like it. I was very uh, cautious, I would say, because I am so hit and miss on this kind of genre. Yeah. Well, it's um, interesting for me, too, because I, I it's very rare that I get to go into a game completely blind. You know, I'm we're all pretty versed in the culture, and we see a lot of like, yeah. social media and everything like that. We, we know when a lot of games are coming out. We watch trailers. I hadn't heard of this one at all, like I said earlier. So... Just starting it up, seeing the art style first time, being like, that's different. I like it. And just diving in was a really fun and unique experience for me that I don't get very often. I'm really yeah. glad that you got to have that. Like I was When I was suggesting it, one, it's I played it when it first came out and was still fairly under the radar. But mm-hmm. I'm always looking for new tactics games because that's a large part of what I cut my teeth on as far as a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, but so having something like that i was like i'm planning to go back and play this again sometime anyway this is a perfect reason to go and do it so that i can then also gush about how much i enjoy this game Um, (laughs) but like even back then not many people talked about it like double fine was just starting to get known for some of their other kickstarter projects and so like having that you know go in and it's not like no one's talking about it it's not huge you know no other podcasts are really talking about it back when it was first released stuff is it's nice because it's having like kind of a hidden gem type thing. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, so I, I guess for first impressions uh, for, for you, Leo, going, going into this, you, it was really second impressions, right? It was, it was yeah. looking forward to getting back into it and, and having that, that desire and a, a new plan potentially. I mean, did yeah. you have the that going imp- back? The first impression was uh, how, how does this work game work again? Um, <laughs> right. Oh, Hey, look, I have a hard mode save file. Let's see where I was at. Uh, Oh, that's hour that's, later. That's risky. Well, I'm well, I'm dead. Uh, let's try this again. 
<laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoilers. I did not play on hard mode, and I refused to. Like, I just, it was hard enough. <laughs> yeah, I played, I no played on normal thrown. and not knowing anything, and I realized. Um, I, so I, every time I played the game, I streamed it, um, which was a good and bad thing because it was fun because some people would pop in and they'd, you know, give me some tips so they were, they were you know, we'd explore it together. But um, it was it was bad because I sound like just a terrible person. Like, I'm just going to kill this old guy because I don't give a shit about him. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> you've outlived your usefulness. Right. That's what it was. I was like, I'm a terrible person to people who are like listening to the stream and not watching. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. There is definitely something of that that can come about from the kind of the unique take on this game's progression. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing is it is it's it's a tactics game, right? Like oh, yeah. at, at, at its heart, it's 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 a tactics game. It's kind of got this unique not super unique grid style to it. Um, but there's really like three classes, right? Yeah. You have you have a it's, melee, mm-hmm. you have a ranged, and you have like an an AOE type class. Yeah, like a, a grenadier. Yeah, a grenadier. Thank you. Yeah, and they can also kind of and there's some time in between. So basically, the heart of it is is kind of simple. Like I, I, I jumping into the game, I realized I was like, okay, I get it. Like this is this, this is this. It's fine. And then like yeah. three hours later, I was like, I messed up bad in my <laughs> yeah. first hour. Like I'm screwed. <laughs> Yeah. Oh it's, wow. Okay. It's a lot of, it's a lot of like XCOM light. Like, and I know for it, you were saying you don't like it, but I I love XCOM games. But this one has. I like playing the XCOM to this. Yeah, from playing XCOM to this, like this, like you're saying, it has only three classes. There's some hybrid classes that you are able to mm-hmm. have people grow into later, but it's it's very much a stripped back, like basic version of it. With you know, there's a only a couple skill trees uh, right but there's still a lot of that deep planning as you go through well and because that's what I it know. is and you as you said you said it's very stripped back and i'm like yes but but no because it's stripped back on on the surface but again like i said you know three hours in once i kind of realized what i was doing i'm like oh man like you really have to know going in because there's so much planning of there's well there's the so we can talk maybe a little bit about now the the the, the regions the houses and how you kind of yeah make, oh make yes, heroes. yeah heroes so those heroes like they're they're everything like you do everything with heroes and you have to you have to you have to breed them i had baby factories going all over my continent oh yeah yeah that's that feels very game of thrones-esque like definitely well especially especially with the houses and yeah they spawned and like one was like like he spawned with like terrible traits and i'm like i'm never using him and i don't want to breed him anymore but i started with terrible trait parents on these these main places so they were like all my heroes were coming out from all these places that were just awful <laughs> yeah i mean like maybe this would be a good time to talk about the main conceit of the game for yeah yeah sorry how I jumped that ahead. oh no, no it's fine there's it's a fine. lot to it was very natural <laughs> yeah so the main conceit of the game is you as a player are an immortal person that is tied to this giant magical chalice in the center of a kingdom right and you are the immortal king yes yes and mm-hmm. there's two. There's also two advisors that are bound to that chalice that have been there forever, mm-hmm. um, which will also tie into the art thing later. But so what you're doing is you're tied to that chalice. You can't go out, but you can influence um, noble houses in your kingdom to fight against this. You know the stereotypical like encroaching darkness that's eating away territory and eating away the land to try and force it back. It's more and, like encroaching neon orange. Like <laughs> <laughs> it also ties into the art thing later. There's a yeah. lot of neon oranges and blues. Yeah. Uh, 
a rust, but, a nice rust. Yes. <laughs> someone someone called the uh, art style uh, like autumnal, and I was like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, it, it is. But so the conceit is like, you're immortal. The chalice can charge up to this like giant blast to push away the the encroaching darkness, but it's going to take hundreds of years. So in the meantime, you have to play matchmaker um, for all of these different houses to, you know, like VT was saying, um, hey, like you've got good traits, you've got good traits. Well, uh, I'm going to put you in this keep. You're going to make babies and I'm going to yeah. use those babies in the continuing fight. Hope you're OK with that, because if not, we all die. There was so much incest in my kingdom. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's one of the I things felt that weird about it. Like, mm, I felt weird. Mm. I, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> there, there is no room for emotions in this. It's like, oh, your wife just died. Cool, you're getting a new one. Right. By the like way, she's now. forty years younger than her than you because she'll live longer and push out more babies. Yeah, uh, and she's got some great stats. She's got keen eye, and you're a you're one of the archers. We need this on right. your kids. Yeah, I felt very uh, detached from all of it. Which you kind of have to, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you, which I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. One, one of the one of the scenarios I ran across, it was very rare. If like I had a ruler that was like sixty plus, that I would remarry them. Um, but. One time I was like down to the wire. I was like, no, I have to. Like, you have to keep making children. Like, I cannot stop making. Like, I need more heroes. Um, yeah. 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 And I remarried him. Uh, it was the, so the steward or what? I don't, I forget what they called it, but the main guy was the guy, you know, the male. So I remarried the female. She was like 22. And, but she had like really good stats and stuff. And it was the only choice which I had a high uh, fertility rate. Uh, yeah. So fertility also matters, like that you know that kind of stuff. How many uh, heroes you can get? Right. Yeah. So my my first playthrough, almost every marriage had a high fertility chance, almost every single one. But I was still going through heroes like they were nothing because in battles I kept losing them because I'm still learning the game. It was my first yeah. playthrough. Yeah. Um, so. And then that was the interesting thing for me too is I I had the opposite. I rarely lost heroes in battle. Like they just kept dying of old age on me and that was super unfortunate. Oh, yeah. But I, it was one of the things where I didn't realize that like the the way the it kind of fueled. So one side of it in my opinion was was raising these these households to produce, you know, strong able-bodied warriors for the most yeah, part, right? right? And, and the other part to have enough Right. Well, it's certainly remember to have enough because you have other places to put them too, which you can talk about in a minute. But yeah. those those warriors, if they got strong enough, they would pass down a strong weapon to someone in their line. And so that's where I messed it up is I didn't realize that like I needed to keep until halfway through my playthrough that I needed to keep a single line going too and keep it strong. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was tricky in, in my playthrough because. He, I just didn't have a good people and they, they wouldn't level up a lot in battle because they weren't super strong because I didn't make their parents great and so they wouldn't pass down <laughs> these strong weapons. <laughs> yeah. And it just the cycle kept continuing for me. <laughs> the uh, yeah. so when I remarried this old guy, um, it was the first time in which I had to deal with like marriage counseling in the game. Have you guys dealt with this scenario? I did, yeah. Yes, and that's so actually that's, one of the things I was gonna touch on. Yeah, so yeah. really quick. So as you're instead so as you're going through the years, for everyone else, uh, the way the gameplay works is it's it's not all battles. So yeah. you, you, you kind of fast forward through this timeline, and events pop up, and they go through. And you might go, you know, nine, ten years before something happens, right? So in that time, something might pop up, like an event, like what you're describing right now was a marriage counseling. So some of your heroes come to you 
and like a random event will pop up. And so what was what was yours? So the uh, the marriage counseling popped up and this was, I would say, not even a year after I matched them together. Like Ooh. it was just almost Ooh. immediate. And I was like, this is bad. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so because it was, it was the first time I actually did such an age disparate thing. And um, basically the guy came to came to me and in this event and these events, they give you options. Right. You could say and they tell you the heroes that are involved. Uh, which normally includes the two people that you have breeding and sometimes a third one and, and or another thing. So um, I had the 18-year-old boy who was from a different house, marriage council. So there was like basically suck it up, okay, I'll find someone else, or this guy's going to coach you guys through marriage counseling. Uh, and this guy, they randomly, I guess they randomly select a hero out of your pool to do yeah. this. Yeah. And it was literally the youngest hero I had. He was like 18. <laughs> he had like no battle experience, but he was like pretty decent unit. Right. So this is where we kind of also get into traits because these events can also instill traits, uh, not present previously. Yeah. Um, so the, the little 19 year old kid does the marriage counseling. Cause it's immediate. You choose the, uh, you choose the option and poof, a lot of times immediate effects happen. Um, and it was like success. Uh, they have stayed together. And as a result, um, little 19 year old boy now has the attribute of silver tongue. Uh, so now like he gets a bonus to the, I didn't even read silver tongue because I was just so astonished by the other one. Uh, <laughs> Both the king, the, the the regents uh, that were marriage counseling, they became uh, unsatiable. Was the trait? <laughs> yeah. And oh. unsatiable means that they will not stop breeding, and it's like quadruple the baby rate, which also <laughs> palaces down to everyone because it's a trait. So yeah. then I was like super baby factory for a long time, uh, and I actually succeeded on my first run, probably largely because of this decision. Like. <laughs> Because oh, you had house that's... bunny rabbit. Oh yeah, <laughs> see, they I, were the all opposite. bunny rabbits, and I married them to all the other houses. Like, because <laughs> they had, because they probably had really good traits too. Yeah, they did yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the opposite. I had the marriage counseling pop up too because I was like, it's pretty much same thing. I had like a sixty something year old per, or it was like fifty something year old person put in like a twenty something year old person, and immediately came to be marriage counseling. And I tried to make them work through it, and then they were just like, "Fine, we'll stay together, but we're not doing it." And I'm like, "No." You guys are great. I need your babies. What the heck? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Right? Yeah, that... you got a good 20 years left in you. That's a lot of babies. So yeah. as far as gameplay, those events are actually the biggest sticking point I have with the game and I that I dislike. Oh, really? Because, okay. yes. Hmm. Um, like, I like the flavor of them because you always feel like, oh, you know, there's a right choice here. And there's a right-er choice for all of them. But I've done a couple playthroughs. I've gone and looked at the wiki. Every single choice on pretty much every single event has a percent chance of failure and a percent chance of success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense like to it, me. That's life. It's just like it might be, you know, you might slightly influence whether you're picking the, you know, like I said, the right-er choice. Mm-hmm. But having something where, like, yes, there's plenty of RNG in the game, but where in general you can plan around most things and then it'd be like, well... 
you know, here's this one thing where the writer choice is to send this one hero off for 10 years and, you know, 90% of the time they'll come back with a new relic or something. But 10% of the time you just lost one of your best heroes randomly because they died. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I mean, like, I kind of like that because then, it, like you said, there's a right choice and there's a right-er choice. But at the same yeah. time, the fact that any choice could be a positive or a negative one means that there really isn't a right choice. It's yeah. whatever you, as you're, you're this guiding spear of this whole co- continent, is feels is correct, right? And you as it might work and it might not. King. Yeah. yeah. The benevolent cup king. <laughs> and, I, and, I saw it more as like, here's the safe choice and here's the risky choice for better rewards. Well, yeah. and sometimes I didn't know what, what the safe choice or risky choice would be. like. It's true, yeah. It's very you know, ambiguous. Like, some of them I'm just like, I, I don't know what to pick. I asked my people on stream, and they were not helpful at all. <laughs> they were like, you know, push the guy in the cup, sacrifice him. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, so funny. Uh, so ha- just real quick, like how many playthroughs did you guys do? Like how many runs? Um, I Myself, I did three. Uh, one and three were successful. Two, I bailed within the first seventy years. Um, I, I did one, just just one. I stuck one. with my poor decisions because I wanted to see how that would play out and if I could kind of adjust it and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it, and it was okay. I got a little bit better as time went on, kind of realizing what I needed to do with those houses, and I reined it back in. Okay, yeah, that was my playthrough one essentially. Playthrough two, I was like, I know what I'm doing, and I royally screwed it up. <laughs> you determined that was a lie <laughs> yeah uh leo so did you just do another new playthrough or did you continue an old one or how did this so work? i continued an old playthrough mm-hmm. um realized uh part way in that i didn't remember what i was doing i was able to salvage it and completed that one and then started another one and okay. got a little ways in and then just hadn't had the time to finish that run sure but um, and then when I did the first playthrough, I think I first time I played it, I played I think two normal playthroughs and had started okay. the hard one that I picked back up, which was not even very far in. I looked in, and I was like, oh, I'm like 50 years into this one. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, just uh, for me, like I I didn't um, I, I didn't really get into the battle system immediately. Um, like it, it was, it was okay. I was like, okay, I understand what's going on. It's easy to pick up for sure. Um, and then like you start to learn mixing classes and they get different abilities and different trees and that kind of stuff, but nothing felt, uh, super great to me until I was in the final battle of my first run. Uh, and that is when one of my first caberjacks or caberjacks, mm-hmm. I think, uh, hit level 10 and they got the rage uh, mechanic. Uh, did you ever get to play with this VT? Oh yeah, that thing was uh, rage was the one where they would um, anytime they took damage, they would do more damage, right? Uh, I might be saying the wrong mechanic. So the level that's like a level four or something uh, ability. Okay. Um, so I probably didn't because I only got like two people up to level ten. Um, so level ten, it's whenever they kill a unit, they get an extra action. Oh, so. Dang. My caber jack had uh, one of the the blasting caber jacks that 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 uh, come from the one of the boomers uh, because you can make items off of uh, monster parts essentially, which you know, Monster Hunter fans here, we I'm pretty sure we all enjoyed that part of it. <laughs> yeah, having having yeah. your items matter a bit. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was good. They they were all nice and fun. <laughs> so, 
Uh, as a result, the caber jack that he was using, which a caber jack, for those of you who don't know, is basically like swinging a log like a club and hitting people with it. It reminded um, me of basically like a, 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 a siege breaker type thing. Yeah. yeah. What do you call those? Yeah. Just like a thing in RAM. Just a battering board. RAM. Battering RAM. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. That's what it was. <laughs> um, so this, this special one had an immediate, it always knocked back. And when you knock back into another unit, it does a lot of damage to both units. Well... Uh, there's this enemy, and I can't remember their names, but they shoot out the lowest type of enemy. Seedlings or seed pods or something. They shoot out seeds, and I think they're... I know which one you're talking about. They're one of some of the most dangerous because they can just overwhelm you with just the amount of seeds, and they have a range attack that does, like, 50 damage, which is, like, enough to almost one-shot anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's... But thankfully, it's not very accurate. Um, the... I was up in the final battle and then like I cleared the first wave and I had no idea the other waves were coming up, but this caber jack hit like the max level. Uh, and then it was like, okay, cool. I don't know what's going on. Um, I guess I will just have him knock this, uh, uh, this enemy into another one into the seed guy. And I'll just sort of knock him out. So he can't spawn anything. Cause also when things knock into each other, they get KO'd and they can't act the next round. Well, I did that, and let's say there was uh, three of the, the claw guys that hit you and you increase age. Uh, the seed guy and, like, one of the big tanky artillery guys that shell themselves after one hit. <laughs> I was just like, they That's... all appeared in front of my caber jack. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, he's going to die. Whatever. Go out with a blaze. I love you, man. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, he... He hits the one of the claw guys into the seed guy, and they both die. And I'm like, awesome. That was enough damage to kill them both. That's amazing. And then um, it's like, okay, you can act again. I can what? <laughs> <laughs> you can Excuse go on me, a rewind. I can do what now? <laughs> so all it does is decrease your accuracy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he had, like, one of the accuracy traits. So, like, this guy was just like cracking his knuckles i'm going in i'm fucking shit up and he did he killed exploding log every unit that appeared in front of him that round he cleared like six things and i was like that's amazing and then like one of those off-screen claw guys that increase age hit him the next round he died i was like oh but that's what kind (laughs) of sold me on the the battle so because he got too old and died because he was already old uh yeah and i was just like Oh, but that kind of sold me on the battle system because I got so excited. It was like, holy cow, that like totally turned what I can do on its head. And it's not just because it was powerful, because it also gave me a tactical decision. Um, The the (laughs) then something else happened in the last battle. And I don't know, VT, did did you have this happen or Leo? Like when a hero dies in the last battle, they are replaced with a hero of the same unit type from the past that died. Oh, really? Yes. No, no, I didn't. That's awesome. So he immediately became a, like a level nine caber jack and then leveled up to 10 again. Like it was, it was such a, just like the battle went from like, oh gosh, this is scary to, I have this and it's amazing. Like, uh, cause like that final battle is the hardest battle for sure. Like you're fighting like six or seven waves of monsters of every type. Yeah, absolutely. Of- and you have to be ready for it, which is is just kind of difficult because, like you said, there's, there's 
people get old, they die, they, they die in battle, you know, they go, you get sent out on a quest or something, you know, so, and, like, that was so, such an interesting thing of trying to manage a constant team when your yeah. team is aging, and you're, you're there's a 300-year time limit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the... the the crazy thing is, like, uh, especially my first playthrough and even my second playthrough, um, the, just the the happenstance of me more so focusing on traits and um, fertility when I was breeding, uh, I ended up having, like, a deluge of uh, alchemists my first run and then archers on the third run. Um, so, like, it was very hard for me to get Caberjacks uh the first run so i only ever had like one on a team most of the time and even sometimes it was just full of alchemists and archers like or whatever they're called the the arbalist users uh hunters there you go uh had it in my notes um the (laughs) the third run it was like i didn't have a lot of uh hunters like it was mostly caber jacks and uh alchemists and i was just like this is really weird because, like, if you breed too much, because, like, their class is also determined by the parents. And I just, like, every house had an alchemist at one point. Um, because yeah, I, I talked to the, the super breeding, they were an alchemist family. So that's <laughs> what happened. Yeah, I ended up having a lot of the same thing. I just had a bunch of hunters all the time, which I kind of liked the hunters quite a bit. They were, they're the ranged class and, and mm-hmm. they could really pick people out. Um, pretty well but then as they get older they get like some of them have like asthmatics or whatever or they they can't move as far and so they can't see as far and so they really become kind of well any and all the classes really become kind of useless as they become older you know so it was it was difficult to kind of spread out from that hunter class so like you said if you have hunters you put hunters in you know breeding positions they breed more hunters (laughs) yeah yeah i I just had to go ahead I just I had a couple quick notes on the three class types um, that I wanted to mention. It seemed like uh, the hunters in particular were extremely useful, especially in the early game because of the range and that kind of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, they kind of near the end of the game, uh, they kind of taper off largely because of what you're saying, age and that kind of stuff. Um, but also their abilities just weren't as strong as the other two's abilities at times. It was a lot of single target damage and didn't have a lot of ways to sort of uh, control the battlefield as much as just do damage. Yeah, um, you no, know, you're absolutely right, because I ran into a problems a lot, because towards the end of the game, I only had hunters for the most part, good hunters, I should say, from, uh, from right. the rest of my heroes. And, uh, and yeah, they, they, could, they could destroy a target, but that doesn't really help you when there's, like, eight targets coming at you, and you're like, right. like, what do I do here? I need an alchemist, but my only alchemist is crap he can't throw for anything and he does no damage <laughs> yeah and and that's that was sort of my note on the hunters it's just like they were really good but then they just sort of tapered off it seemed to me like the caber jacks were pretty good throughout the whole thing um but they really relied on other people to keep them safe um so yeah, like that was the problem i had with them is well actually the biggest problem i have with the caber jacks is that um, because I had hunters, they couldn't make it to enemies often. You know, mm. I didn't want to give enemies the chance to attack anyone, but my camera jacks needed to move a lot, fur- lot faster, a lot further, and I, none of mine just really could. And so, when they could get in, they did work. But often, the hunters just picked enemies off a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the last one, the alchemists seemed to be the more 
versatile ones, but the problem was they were kind of squishy. <laughs> they died pretty quickly. You're absolutely right. And you know what the other problem with the Alchemist was? Is they're dangerous, man. Because yeah. they have an accuracy rating, right? Well, it's not. Yeah. And that's what I learned very quickly when two of my heroes died from a rogue flask being thrown for one of my own Alchemists. It's the accuracy isn't if they miss. It's where is that flask gonna land when they miss? Because mine landed on top of my heroes. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like he he fumbles the pass, and all of a sudden you just blew up your entire team, and it's like, I well, uh... it's like, oh, you did that was amazing. You did thirty six. Oh, those are my guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the so the my second run I mentioned it was largely because I wiped out a whole team on accident because of a bad throw. Um, it was actually so bad that it hit absolutely everyone, and I immediately failed that fight. Which, oh, wow. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, wow. Okay, how do I recover this? And then I looked at the map, and I was like, I can't. I literally have no heroes. Yeah. They're all tied up. They're either kids, and they're not producing very fast because my second row, uh, playthrough didn't have a lot of high fertility. And then like, um, I also had over-committed... Uh, uh heroes to the sage tower so i was just like i had that full and i was like oh that just sucks that's why i bailed it wasn't like it's just it's just like i had put a lot of risk into you know i'm gonna get benefits from putting all my heroes in these different things and i have five literally five to fight right now and they have to be able to survive at least two fights yeah, and on I mean, the first fight, they died. Yeah. That's the problem I ran into on my playthrough early on, because I thought I was like, oh, I've got a Sage Tower, which we haven't mentioned, by the way. The Sage Tower is something that boosts. Mm-hmm. You put heroes there, and if they have high intelligence, they raise, or excuse me, they lower the amount of time it takes to research um, items. So one of the mechanics mm-hmm. in the game is is, is researching, um, and you, you always keep, you can only research one thing at a time, and you always keep it going. Yep. Um, and so you can research things like building different buildings, like uh, a new regent tower to host a new family. Um, you yeah. can you can build. Um, I think you can build another sa- or multiple sage towers or something. You, you can, can build, yes, multiple sage towers stack. You run into an issue of how much space that you can build on, but you can have two sage towers and get yeah. like heavily researched. Yeah, what? but a lot of the things you spend research on is, is your gear, your equipment, so you can research new items that you can use like to increase speed or or to heal you more to give you a a damage boost or you can research better weapons like you were talking about fortuan earlier with the the Mm -hmm. the blast caber jack or you can research armor but it's so that's what messed me up a little bit too at the beginning it's so important to research certain things at certain times in the in the time span of 300 years because i wasn't like I, I didn't have any towers, and all of a sudden I had no heroes and no way to produce them early on. And so I was like, oh my god, I messed up. I researched yeah. all these things, making them better, didn't realize. So then I had to research finding new heroes. Well, mm-hmm. those new heroes that I found five years later or ten years later, whatever it is, because it, it takes time, they came back, and I had a bunch of them. Like, like nine or ten came with me, but they had yeah. bad stats. So all of a sudden <laughs> I'm breeding people, because I need people. But the only people I have have bad stats, and so yeah. it's it's this thing where it's it's you really have to know what you're doing going in. So I feel like the first playthrough you shouldn't play all the way through because you just it's so hard to set everything up because there's so much planning, like you mentioned earlier, Leo, mm-hmm. uh, in, in each playthrough. So and even then, it's, it's still easy to mess it up. I feel. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like 
and that's why you know very first playthrough i ever did was on normal i went pretty deep in it and like you say you eventually hit a point where like well i have screwed up but i have learned from my mistakes (laughs) i can't right (laughs) i need more than two keeps going at a time to make heroes that's uh you know forehead mode there um i really as much as it sucks to lose a hero to stick them in the can't remember the name but they're called the standard where based on the level of the hero in there all of the trainees from like when they're born up to 50 get bonus experience and i found out the personality of the standard can overwrite the personality traits of the parents to give them a better personality trait so if you've got good um like good physical traits but a bad personality you can be like all right well you two will be fine uh the teacher is going to take care of making sure your kid's not a shit and (laughs) yeah yes go through all Uh, that that i think it's called the crucible yeah it's It's, the crucible and the standard in the crucible does that and it's like learning hey having one high level hero that has maybe bad traits but a good personality that you stick in there pays huge dividends later because then you get other you know good personality high level maybe bad trait heroes that you then stick in the crucible when that one dies and that's how you get to have you know guys that are level 10 or whatever because there's no real way to do that just by normal combat leveling them well and that's the way that i realized it too i was like how the heck am i gonna get people up to level 10 and get these really good relics to pass on their family lines when they die there's there's a battle every you know 10 12 years something like that you know they they Mm -hmm. age too fast and and they can't get enough xp because XP is only per kill on the person who killed it, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's when I realized that, yeah, putting a, a good standard in there who's like a, a high level and who can pass on a lot of XP, all of a sudden the people, the, the kids that are level 15 when they first are able to uh, go into fight, they start, or, or age 15, excuse me, they start at like level 5 or 6 if you get a, a good enough standard in there. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. all of a sudden that makes them, whenever they, after level 5, whenever that hero dies, they get a, they pass on a relic. And yeah. so if they're higher up, they pass on a relic to the next person. That person kills more enemies faster, gets more XP, levels up faster, becomes stronger, makes the relic stronger. It's a never-ending cycle of positivity that's keep going on. And unfortunately, I didn't have that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those things where, like, if you get that started early and you have that good cycle going from the start, you know, you have a great upward spiral. But if you don't start yourself off right or you have a couple things go wrong in the beginning... You know, like you guys were saying, you restart runs because you you get it so far in and you realize, oh, I'm not going to succeed on this. Yeah. I'm screwed. No, and was, I screwed was, myself I think three hours year, ago. I think year one, 110 until I got a relic just because yeah. I just didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, this makes so much sense. I want to start over. But it's also like I want to experience the game and see what could happen, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. there's something to be said for it. It's like, okay, well, I should start over, but let's see how far I can get to see what else I would need to know for the newest one. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like I found out that all best way to get those relics is just keep killing things with a hero until they get the nickname. And once they've got a nickname, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a relic from them when they die. Yeah. Hunters are hunters with the relics are terrifying. That's <laughs> the one thing I've, like I had in the final fight, I had two level 10 hunters that each had a level 10 relic weapon. And that's pretty much the only reason that I got through it. Cause I bet they're single tar- destroyed. Uh, they're single target damage. It's like, that is one of those, uh, you know, the, the bulwarks, the ones that they get hit once and then they shield up and only take a little bit of damage. It's like, yeah. well, um, I need him to die. Absolutely. <laughs> positively. So I'm going to have this old man hunter waddle over here and just drop him in the dirt. Well, and hunters, <laughs> they, and hunters get an ability um, where they can hit twice. 
Yeah, the double tap is great. Yeah, and so that that shield for the Volarks didn't doesn't happen until after both attacks. <laughs> so yeah. you do you know fifty damage, and you have to have eighty health, and you're doing fifty percent more of, of the first hit, and you're like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did make sure that my hunters, because you know, going back to some of the classes, they have an issue of they're definitely the least effective at area control, but mm-hmm. they're so there's the three basic classes, and there's a subclass for each of them where they're they take Next some traits from a different from a different class. So the yeah. the Caberjack influenced hunter is an enforcer, and they get a knockback arrow. And yes. mm-hmm. knockback, like you guys are kind of saying, is huge in this game. There's not a lot no. of there are not a lot of status effects in the game, but the game makes a lot of use of knocking back enemies into walls into each other. Yeah, from stun different is classes. just so important. Yeah. And having even just that, you know, one hit, like, I'm going to pick you, I'm going to knock you away with this arrow on your enforcers is just like that little tipping point where it's like, okay, you go from being really good damage, but really bad utility to like, okay, you're really good damage and really decent utility. Now I'm going to have this caber jack over here that's just like swinging a log back and forth and an alchemist that just, you know, throws a knockback vial and everything gets hit into a wall. But... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and that way you can control a battle, really. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you I, I found the, the enemies were predictable at times, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it, was, yeah. it was interesting. It's not, And that's the fun thing about the battles. One of the fun things about the battles is in a lot of tactics games, the enemies are going for your, your closest team team member, yeah. right? And this one, sometimes they'd run away. Sometimes they'd, they, they wouldn't. Sometimes they'd go after someone else, you know? It, was, yeah, it, was, uh... it kept it fresh. Yeah, and like having that different variety of monsters because you're able to, pl- they were able to play with a couple different axes based on just other than just attacking health. Like you have an enemy right. that attacks experience. You have an enemy that it, it hits fairly hard still, but it hits a lot less hard compared to other things. But every time it makes contact, your hero ages up five years, and you can I... have a full health hero that just dies because it's like, oh, by the way, he got hit twice, is now uh, eighty-two. Turns out he was only supposed to live to seventy eight, so that ticker's going out on you, bud. Yeah, bye. Yeah. yeah, that was when I first discovered them. I was terrified because I had like a fantastic Caberjack actually, who was who was a little older, but I wanted to level him up as much as possible. He didn't go near one of those wrinklers. I did <laughs> not like, let him get near him. <laughs> you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna sit in the back. These guys are gonna make you old. Dude, right. We're not, like, we're not looking for touch of gray will, yet here. Okay. I will keep you safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh there were some scary enemies. I think the the one that freaked me out the most is the one that teleports one of your dudes and then like uh comes up and punches another one of yours like okay. he switches places. Yes. Uh, the twitcher. The twitcher. Okay. Yeah. Did anyone think the range do you guys think the range on those guys' teleport was insane as well? It, so- yeah, it was. Um it's- they a lot of times he pulled site. an alchemist by himself for me, and I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to throw a bomb right in front of me because that's where all the enemies are and see how it goes. And because my alchemists were so powerful, ended up ending the battle a lot quicker, and I went just sort of ganged up on the Twitcher and killed it. But, like, the first couple times it happened, I was, like, super scared, and then I was sort of baiting them after that. Like, uh-uh. Uh, yeah, come on. Come on. Get my caber jack here. Oh, yeah, you did? Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all done messed up, son. Yeah, I'm not no. stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with my caber jack. <laughs> right. It's so scary for me when like they teleport like 30 spaces away and my people can only move like 
you know, 12 spaces at a time or something per turn. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, you're on your own. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I would see in the bottom corner, you know, it's like on this battle, you're going to fight this, this and Twitchers. It's like, all right, rule number one. If I see an enemy, I'm immediately killing it because the Twitchers, they have as long as one of their other enemy units can see you. That's when a Twitcher can grab you and do a teleport. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, it's like, no, no, I'm we're keeping sight lines closed down. We just stay away from me. Uh, uh, oh no, a seed ran up out of off screen. Now my old man hunter's off in no man's land, lost <laughs> and alone. Yeah, but they oh, did do a really good job with the the monsters in this. I mean, they start off with just the seeds, which are just basic low life melee fodder, right? Yep. But seeds each... and boomers immediately. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. And um, but each enemy felt very unique and like it had its own strengths and weaknesses that you could play off of. It was kind of nice. It didn't feel like you were just thrown in and doing work like it actually added a, a bit of well strategy to the strategy game yeah uh they and i like that instead of just introduce like they do introduce more enemies as you go but once you hit a certain point uh about halfway through instead of them being like okay well here's even more enemies and you stop seeing the old ones it's here's the advanced version of every enemy you're oh that and, freaked me out and that when was... that like that tipping mm-hmm. point is terrifying because you go from here's a regular seed, this thing has five hit points. You could sneeze at it at this point in the game and it <laughs> dies. Uh, here's an advanced seed. Um, they're extremely hard to hit. They have pack tactics, so as long as they're close to a friend, they are much better at hitting you. And they have 35 health, so they probably might even be as healthy or healthier than some of your caber jacks at this point in the game. And yeah. you're just like, um, these are the basic ones, right? These are the pawns. Uh, <laughs> I would like to lodge a complaint. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, at one of 150 years, they, they, they literally flip a switch. And I remember yeah. going into my first battle with a fantastic team. Like, I was, I was pretty comfortable. I was like, all right, I got like four out of five good guys, like level eight, level nine. They're working up. You know, two of them got relics. One guy I'm bringing up, he's level 16, or he's age 16, but he's like level six. You know, like, yeah, yeah I got this. I got smacked. I got smacked. I don't hard. got this. Everyone died. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say you're right. It's it's literally like flipping a switch because um, at that point you're already seeing, and I remember their name now, the cradles. They're the ones that shoot the seeds. Yeah. And cradles are, like I said, I feel cradles are some of the dangerous, most dangerous because they're high, their ranged unit has a very high damage attack, but they also spit out seeds. And, um, the immediate they don't they don't just ease you into the uh, advanced versions of monsters. It's just like whatever you've been fighting, which by this point is all enemy types. Now all enemy types are also advanced. And the first enemy I saw that was advanced was a cradle, and I was like, "Oh, why does it have like double the health? <laughs> why do you have why double the are health? the seeds like?" super good like i don't understand and then uh there a bulwark came up you know charging in from a different side of the screen i was actually pinned down on both sides at the beginning of this fight and uh and then he was like uh he i think they have like 80 health or something the bulwarks the the big no 65 or something like that uh the the advanced ones and i was just like oh my gosh like what am i supposed to do 
I think I came out with that fight only losing one person, but at the same time, I was just like, this is just not cool. Like, it's impressive. What, you made what it, yeah. happened here? Well, uh, it's because I had so many alchemists, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they do help. <laughs> like, when they're doing, like, 30 damage, uh, you know, a potion, and it hits, like, seven people, and you can also do it twice with free throw, like... <laughs> Well, and yeah. it, it's nice for the alchemists because then, yeah, they get that free throw. They can attack twice a turn. Then they get all that XP from killing in all the enemies, and then they, they level up and keep going. I really liked the alchemists because they were so good at utility because they had the range AoE, mm-hmm. um, which meant, if depending on what you taught them, they could throw items too. So they could oh, yeah. heal your entire team. They could boost your entire team if they're close by, of course. Um, but they also were not bad melee if you had one of the subclasses of the alchemists. Um, yeah. the, the Brutalist. I love yeah. the Brutalist. They were get so the, much fun. Get the knockback flasks. Get the. Uh, I loved have any of the classes that could get the extra item slot so you could, mm-hmm. uh, at least for a good part of the hard mode one I did, I had the thing that increases your HP and then the thing that decreases your max HP but gives you the life leech. Yes. I had like a squad of Brutalists running around with that, just punching people with their, uh, <laughs> with their grenade launchers. It's like, yeah, this is, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That was <laughs> that's a good tactic. I actually pulled it off uh, my first th- playthrough. Everyone always had the sponge stone or whatever that did do the life leech, and it was very helpful, especially when an alchemist is like almost dead, and then he throws a flask and hits like seven things and heals all the way back up. And I'm like, all right, this is fine. Just yells, get down, and then he's fine. Yeah, well, yep. those, those items, like you like you were just saying, make such a huge difference. I mean, I had uh, a lot of people that had the second item, the, the, the two item slots, and um, but then they would get, um, like, different weapons too, right? So one yeah. of the yeah. weapons that the alchemist could get was a, um, it, it was a pillar thrower, and I didn't yeah. know what that meant until I threw one out, and a pillar formed and blocked off an area, and all of a sudden, I had area control. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and so, so good. I felt they did a really good job in this game with, again, the monsters and making them all unique, but also, like you said a lot earlier, I think, Leo, you said it, they they didn't have a lot, but what they had, they utilized. Like, yeah, they made they, everything potentially really important and really useful. Yeah, they were like, here's three classes, but we're going to make sure that all of them are deep, all mm-hmm. of them have, like, the variants and varieties in them are all impactful, there's combinations with items for all of them that are going to make them all useful. I mean... You could probably make a strong case that any of the classes, except maybe Hunter, you could just do a run the entire time of like an all you know Alchemist variant squad or an all Caberjack variant squad. And you you could fine. do an all Hunter squad, absolutely, because I yeah, did it true. for you most just, of my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could because you just are able to gun everything down from off of yeah. the sticks before it even. Yeah, well, and you have to remember, too, you you mix a a hunter with an alchemist, and they become a trick shot, and trick shots get explosive arrows that do AoE. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yep. So. And you can turn them into your support one by having them shoot healing potions at your friends. Precisely, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, the counter argument, if you have some crap people, some crap heroes, then any class becomes terrible, too. Yeah. You know, if you have have a bunch of people who are born that just have really bad accuracy, they're not going to be good hunters. Yeah, or even just like, even just the thing. It's like they can have fine traits, but if a hunter has the um, has the trait that reduces their sight range, that alone oh. on other good like on a hunter with other good traits can just cripple them because you're like they can't. Yeah, their attack yeah. range is like essentially within walking distance for most melee enemies, and you're like, well, 
if you don't kill him, you're boned. Yeah. Oh, I had a caberjack with uh, that was an asthmatic. So anytime he would try and move, <laughs> you know, you could move within a, a certain cone range, or you could take an extra action and move a further cone range. Well, if you did that, your next movement you moved one space. Yeah. I mean, for a melee user who couldn't That's... move far. I let him die. I just I put him out there. I was like, I don't even care. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> just like sacrifice. <laughs> blood for the blood god. Yeah, I can't do anything with you. I'm not breeding you. <laughs> like, yeah. you're useless yeah, to me. Get out. <laughs> really was. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, um. Speaking of which, we touched a little bit uh, about the aesthetic and that kind of stuff. Um. So it, this this kind of reminded me of like a sort of like a. a I don't want to say voxels, but like super brilliant, but like, like polygonal, uh, look, look, uh, look to the game that, you know, like graphics wise, this game was like, it looked really good, but this is something like PlayStation two era of like difficulty. Like, (laughs) yeah. So it was, it was really interesting because they, yeah. Like the, the heroes, you know, they, they looked fine, right? I mean, you're yeah. turning on a bunch of them. They looked okay. It, it was unique graphic style. They had some some f- large flat edges going on and everything. But in contrast, the, the environments when you're out and, you know, when you're looking at the world and everything actually looked really nice. They had really vibrant colors and they had a lot of different, um, you know, shapes and, and almost like textures, but not textures, kind of. Well, we'll call them textures because yeah. they were. Yeah. But, so that contrast really helped pull everything else pop and and realistically you never looked at your heroes that close because when they're in battle you have the top down or the top down view so it seemed like they really focused uh or they knew what their limitations were at some point in development and kind of focused on making everything else better yeah they took yeah. like a, that very like you know almost old school looking like early 3d polygon view but like the polygons they use it's not just like oh here's just a flat one with like a poorly you know poorly drawn face on it like they would make a polygon render of the guy's mustache um, yes yeah there was stuff some glorious like, facial hair like, in that game yeah little things <laughs> like that like so there it wasn't like it was very sharp edged very polygonal but they weren't you know two toned back you can see that it was just like yeah. he, they're using them well they're using them stylistically and then combining it with that really vibrant color palette made it so that even seeing how the you know there's all these polygons and sharp edges instead of like a you know a 3d molded realistic face like it just made it feel made it feel all more intentional and not like a limitation but feel like a this is the stylistic choice they made and they made it look good with it yes absolutely you're absolutely right um i thinking of like the first time i saw the seeds right they are yeah. two shapes Basically, they are some triangles stacked together for legs that are orange, and they're a blue ball for a head, pretty much. And I think they might have had some other small details yeah, on them. But like that's essentially all they are. Yeah, but yep. again, they, you know, the, they actually added shadows and depth within those shapes on the flat edges. If the she sees legs were facing other away, the backside of it from the light, whatever way you're facing, had a darker shade of orange to it. And like you said, it felt intentional. It looked like this is the way we want to go it like go with this and it's unique and we're gonna stick with it so was, the whole time and the graphics i never got turned off by it at all and it was actually kind of no kind of it nice was because, really good looking yeah and in a in a tactics game like i want things to stand out that are important to me right so yeah. like one of the levels had these red uh one of the environments had these red seeds on them that blew up 
Well, they were mm-hmm. bright red. They were obvious. It was hard to miss. You know, like everything was felt like you said, Leo, very intentional. And, and it's a great way to sum it up. Yeah. Um, th- this kind of reminded me of uh, another game that kind of pulled this where it's like, hey, we're doing retro, but we're kind of we're kind of using modern uh, things within that retro space to give it a new aesthetic and uh, Octopath Traveler. I knew you were going to say it. Yep, it was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which is a, a previous uh, side quest episode, actually, if you guys want to listen. Um, it was, uh, I'd say last year, I think it was my favorite game outside of World. Like, uh, <laughs> no, that, that game perfectly like okay so we all have this is a little side tangent i apologize but we all have nostalgia factor right yeah yeah like you like you look back at a a game in your mind you're like that looked amazing it was so much fun that was octopath traveler like but actually happened like they took it and they're like this is how you remember the game looking like it's you know it's polygonal it's it's flat whatever (laughs) but it's got it's got lighting it's got definition like it was fantastic and and yeah there's certainly some tie-in with it in this too yeah, uh, I little little spoilers. I have zero nostalgia for those kind of games that Octopath Traveler is, so it's good without nostalgia too. Just so you guys know. <laughs> just yeah, just, just a, as a heads up, it's still no, good. No, that that was uh, honestly, it was like a ten out of ten game for me. It was it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the music I want to talk a little bit about uh, in the game. Um, I feel the music was decent, um, but it wasn't very memorable to me. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say that, like, oh, you know, like, this song or this song was particularly good. Um, but honestly, like, for the first couple, I don't know. Like, I played 23 hours of this game. Probably the first 10 to 15, um, I didn't play with anything. Like, I just, the game sound and that was it. And then I just started watching Netflix while I was playing because I have a dual monitor set up. And like I was just like, yeah, I'm just not into this music, so I'm just gonna watch something while I play. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Agreed. honestly, the the sound effects were great. You know, those were impactful mm-hmm. and and drew your attention to where they needed to and felt meaningful. But I turned the music off within about three hours and yeah, uh, just I, yeah. just played reg, you know regular music over it because it, it it didn't really add much to it. Half the time I didn't even notice it. You know, like it, yeah. was, it was so quiet all the half the time. So. Honestly, I I don't remember music in the game because well one I didn't listen to it much but yeah I I'm the same I did not listen to the music very closely like the other sound design I really like the voice acting the sound effects um, oh yeah like, the voice acting even was that great. you can even that you can find some like you can locate roughly whether you know certain enemies are close by based on if you're hearing their sound effects like you can hear the twitchers make like this little twitch sound when they're close by yeah yeah and, mm-hmm. and that stuff was all super important and it, i think but, that de- those details were were fantastic yeah but the actual mu- like background music just like it's the one spot that it you know agreed it felt really just fell really flat because there wasn't anything really memorable about it no um, which is interesting right. because they had such opportunities for it because half of the game Oh, I should say that. That's going to come across negative. But a lot of the game is, is progressing through time, right? You're fast-forwarding yeah. through these years. It would have been really nice to have a catchy tune during that or something. Yeah, instead <laughs> of just, like, that kind of, like, slow, like, the that, like, windy sound of, like, a, a track winding. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. it. And, it was and just then like, just, like, you know, something a little going, and then the cha-chung whenever you hit the next event. It's like, hmm. 
mm, you could have you could have played a nice jingle for me here. Yeah, or when but. you're choosing your your characters to go out on a mission or a, yeah. a, a battle, like something pretty epic, there would have been really nice. But definitely. But the the voice acting, like you brought up a second ago, was um, was just phenomenal. There wasn't there's not a lot of voice acting in the game based on parts, but there were like you said we covered earlier. There's two kind of advisors in the chalice, a male and a female advisor. And they pretty much lead the head on voice acting. I'm not sure. Was there any other? I, actors I think they're the only. I think they're the only two. I think it's just yeah. The female I don't remember anything else. Well, and they picked fantastic voice actors. They they did great. Um, I do not know off the top of my head who they are, oh, but they I did should have fantastic. Looked it up. I don't know either. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up real quick while you talk about why you love yeah. the yeah. Sound, please do the because the they they uh. It was, they made it interesting. They made this story like really fascinating. They start with a nice cutscene and they kind of describe who they are and who you are and everything. And then, pretty much anytime any event happens, they talk about the event, but then they do some banter about it, which was it. It, it made everything just heightened to a whole other level because their chemistry between the two voice actors was just spot on. The writing, I should say, was spot on, and and the delivery was just fantastic. It was it was comical. It was you know, sad at times. It was just well done overall and I, I really enjoyed it made me like want to listen to all every time there was an event I didn't want to rush through anything every time I started a battle I never started the battle until they were done talking <laughs> so yeah. I, I really liked it so the two voice actors for that are uh, Simon Templeton is the voice actor for the male chalice who's very very fun and then Anna Graves is the voice actress oh. for the female chalice, which is great because if you listen to some of the voice voice lines, it sounds like the female advisor was a caber jack back in a past life. Yeah, because she's very aggressive and she's always cheering for the caber jacks whenever yes. something comes up about them. Yeah, Anna. Oh, okay, she is good, so I'm familiar with her at least. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You could tell they 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 had they yeah. knew those were important roles and they 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 made it successful. Yeah, and I mean they've <laughs> these they have both been in a good number of other video games and uh, Simon yeah. Templeton's in, been in like both of the, in legacy of Kane games, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Anna I, Graves is also, they, just they, they really helped make the, the game for me, honestly. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, they definitely carried a, a lot of weight on that. And speaking of which, um, I wanted to get into a little bit of spoiler territory, uh, just at the end. So, if you guys haven't finished the game uh, or finished a run, uh, I suggest you know doing that before listening. But we're gonna <laughs> get into a little bit of spoiler here just for a second. Um, I thought, and this is particularly uh, dealing with the chalice, uh, the twist when you win. Did you guys get did, Vengeful? Did you win? You know, in your man, final battle? I, I didn't make it to three hundred years. Oh, okay. <laughs> are you okay with me spoiling no, please, this please or? go on go on yeah, yeah okay so there's a there's a twist at the end where it's like hey um by the way we lied to you uh yeah. <laughs> we charged up for these 300 years so that we could eliminate the the goo but it's only temporary and doing so will kill you you are not immortal and when Hopefully, time will prosper and people will remember the good you've done and that kind of thing. Um, thank you for this and goodbye. And blow up, you die, run ends, ta-da. Like, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm okay with dying. I'm okay with... But they explain 
it's kind of a cheeky way to explain multiple runs because it's like, okay, you've succeeded. You have to come back and keep doing this until the end of time to keep the people safe. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, anything to justify multiple runs. I don't even think there needs to be a story yeah. element to it because like we were talking about in the past, it's, you know, you start off and you realize pretty quickly on that you could have done this better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely agree. I just thought it was a weird... It didn't feel bad. It didn't feel good. It was just like, oh, okay. It's really just, like, bittersweet. Like, yeah. you get through that, and it's like, well, you succeeded, but... And, Only temporarily. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Which, again, like, a lot of that is carried on the way to the voice actors delivering those lines and telling oh, yeah. you and making, making that emotion feel real when you're doing it yeah the female voice gets like really sweet and 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 grateful and the male voice is like uh it sounds very proud of you and yeah <laughs> uh, and it's sort of like they're because they're dying too it's their dying moments also at the same time and they're going to be reborn and rebuilt uh hopefully is what they say and then that's the next run yep um <laughs> i was i was very shocked by that i completed two runs uh to to their full completion uh one thing i have to note is completing a full run it's about all you need to do i don't feel there's a lot of good play replay value aside from the sake of doing it a second time uh nothing and the biggest reason why is all those choices you know there was a there was a little bit of an undertone of trying to keep the public happy while you're doing this um yeah some of the events alluded to that uh, and that's not like, I don't feel like that paid off in any way. Um, yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree with, there's no like real reason to another run, except for the fact that like, if you want, you want, if you're doing it per, for personal gain, you want to replay the game, do better and everything like that. The story, you know, I mean, like you said, there's actually not a whole lot of story element to it as you go through other than the small events that pop up of like pleasing people, keeping things happy, but there was never any multiple paths you could have gone. You know, there wasn't any right. change based on those events in the long term by any means. So, yeah. Well, I, I it's um. So I've played a lot of Slay the Spire and that kind of stuff um, recently within the past couple of months, and I feel that uh, Massive Chalice kind of falls short on the give me a reason to play it again. Mm-hmm. Um. Because there isn't, uh, so I like I said, I, I did another two playthroughs after finishing my first one. The other one, I was like, okay, I did bad enough, whatever. But I completed my third playthrough, like 100%, won it again. And I don't feel the game changed hardly at all, other than some random events. And um, I was better at doing some management. Thus, I did a little better. And I had lost three territories instead of four at the end. Like, Yeah, you're not... It, there's, there's no, like, not unlocks. a reason to keep playing after you complete it. <laughs> it's not like you, yeah, it's not like you unlock anything by doing it. Like right, all, the only thing that you get is that as you complete like playthroughs on harder difficulties, you unlock the harder difficulties. But that's yeah. it. And so, unless you're someone that really likes to go back and replay tactics games, there there's not a huge. I mean, that's why I first played it. I got a run through or like maybe two runs through the first time I played it when it first came out back in like 2014 or whatever. 2016 multiple years ago and oh, then yeah. i didn't touch it again until i was like hey i've been wanting to play this game again uh it's a good game to talk about let's play this game for this 
Yeah. Right. So that to me, that's one of the bigger failings of sort of like replay value of this yeah. game is like, if you have actually finished it, I feel like there is not a good reason to play it again, unless you're hungering to, to sort of experience the same thing over again, because, yeah. or just do have a better run, you know, do things right. Better. But they don't even score you. Or yeah, run no, or anything. No. But I mean, like for my for myself, you know, I didn't have a lot of relics. I didn't have a lot of strong yeah. people. So like the next time going through, I didn't have any people level ten. I didn't get to experience it more than you know a, a few times before they died because they get old, you know, or, yeah. or killed in the after you know in those ridiculous you know turned up advanced quests. You know, that was it was difficult. So so for me, it'd, it'd be nice to go back like one more time to sure do a lot better. But the whole time I was playing, I kept thinking, I was like, man. If this had a separate game mode from the story where you would just, like, pick heroes and level them up, they'd, you don't have to worry about age, you know. You just mm. could keep reusing, like, playing the battles because the battles are fun. And then, like, keep getting, like, leveling up the relics and then leveling up your characters and then passing that on. Like, if you could do something like that, um, some type of, like, gauntlet or, or tower just or like whatever. A, just, like, a keeping, a you know, a, just a squad session type thing like that. Yeah, yeah, keeping your same squad and, and leveling them up and having them keep getting better and having endless battles that keep getting harder and harder. I thought that would be a fun game mode for this, but even that would die because of the, you know, as as simple as the the classes are and they can get deep, uh, something like that, it, you'd realize that even those deepness, you know, as, once you unlock it, everything and do all that, then you're out. Like, so, yeah, ah, okay, so yeah. I, I figured it out now. <laughs> so that, yeah, would, that would only you... pro- prolong it a little bit more. Yeah, basically, once you've experienced it, you've experienced it. There's not a lot of uh, kinks thrown into the formula. It's um, it's one of the downsides to that having that different narrative thing of you're not following mm-hmm. a set of heroes or like whatever. You're following a lineage. Is you don't you don't get that same thing that you get in like XCOM's games and like I'm sure you know VT you'd see it with playing like an XCOM game on stream. You get that interaction of like oh, I'll name this squad member after you know this viewer and this squad member after this viewer and like all of that mm-hmm. stuff you mm-hmm. can't do that in this because you're only going to have them for a couple battles and then you <laughs> lose them or they get old and die or you're like all right you're at that point where you're not going to be useful but you've got another 20 years uh you know off to the sage tower with you <laughs> right and but yeah. you're just like it's just you're another person you don't have other than the two you know your other two people in the chalice which they don't actually do anything they're just like a passive narrator you have no consistent through line on people. You have like some houses that you can get attached to. Like there's some funny things where people have like created the banners and like the names and uploaded them for houses so that when you get a, get a random hero and then start a house with them, you can have it. So I had a house, a house based on Metallica that someone had (laughs) created and that was randomly generated. And it was the only caber Jack I got. And I was like, all right, well, I guess my caber Jacks are of house Metallica now. But <laughs> that's awesome. And so I was like, oh, like I'm a little, I'm a little invested in that. But I couldn't even tell you what the last name of the house for my um, main group of hunters in the last one was. No, I yeah. think it starts with a C. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Past a really that, good no point idea. of that. That I guess I'll call it bonding. You know, with with your characters and like that. Like, there's none of it. Like, there's no uh, attraction mm-hmm. to to any of your heroes or, or anything of, of that sort or dedication. I should say. There's no right, emotional because, investment. Thank you. Much better you're way just, to put it. <laughs> they're just because there. Because they can't be. Yeah. You can't. They'll die. And they'll die before you're, you don't even get to say goodbye. They die 
heroes dying by old age doesn't even pop up in a, a notification of the little blip on the timeline. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's uh, true. It's, and it, yeah, that, that's, I feel like that's something lacking with the game. Um, just like, uh, there's not a lot of replayability. There's not a lot of attachment. Uh, again, a VT, I definitely suggest you check out Into the Breach. Uh, there's like all the stuff we're talking about here, like doing an extra, you know, a small little run uh, with a group of heroes that you, you kind of get attached to. That happens in Into the Breach. It's weird because um, you have mechs that have pilots and you can switch out pilots, but your pilots can die but your mech gets repaired, so you then have an AI controlling your mech, and it feels, like, purposely hollow. Like, That's interesting. Uh, it's, it's again, on you know, I'm tangenting, like, about another game, but, like, it's, it's really good on the attachment because you're also traveling through time, and, like, when you mess up and you fail to save the world, one person gets to go back in time and save it. So you do get to follow, like, one pilot throughout the whole thing if you choose and those pilots like level up and get abilities and stuff and that's pretty cool um, yeah i mean i think that was like the 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 biggest drawback for me in in this game was that you weren't carrying people through you know i'd level i level up my hunter and get them to level eight or something before they die you know earlier on and then i was like yeah. all right cool now i got another one i will have them learn the exact same skills because that worked out and oh they died yeah and i got another one i'll have them learn the exact same skills <laughs> yeah it's yeah. That, like it's the biggest downside and like the biggest failing that i see compared to you know comparing it to like XCOM, which is one of my favorite tactics games because like mm. even for earlier you're talking you had the story of the caber jack that went on a killing spree oh yeah i, I didn't have... mention he was also uh i wanted to expand on that story a bit um <laughs> that's the second half of the story that Caberjack was the guy who was leading my crucible at the end of the uh, game. Nice. And hmm. so he had the standard flags on him in the middle ba- final battle. Nice. Like the the two flags, uh, you know, like like uh, like in a battle or whatever. Yeah. Also, he was in a fight where they attacked the crucible itself, not just the land, but they actually got to the crucible. So I was also defending the crucible with my team, and him alone, surrounded by other people when he was like level seven and like beating the crap out of like a bunch of cradles and uh, other things like oh, they wrote he was like a, him <laughs> yeah he was a freaking beast and then he shows up in the final battle um because like during the final battle i had exactly five heroes like i so this is my first playthrough that, again that i'm talking about where i didn't manage my hero pool to have a bunch of heroes at the end to pick from I had five, it auto-filled them, and one of them was my Crucible dude. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I guess this is how we're doing it now. So, <laughs> yeah. But I can almost guarantee you don't know what that guy's actual name was. No, I have no idea. I remember but, one um, of mine. His name was Rufus Dirt. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but the flip of that is, you know, I've got some no. stories like that. Like, I played XCOM once. Um, when XCOM 2 came out, best friend and i both picked it up at the same time and i had a sniper that went on a killing spree and that one i remember because it was final battle great moment but that sniper was also named after my best friend uh, and so next time like next time we every time we'd go and hang out it would not just be like a hey you know they did this it's a hey so in my the last couple of battles this is what you were doing and yeah oh, in the last couple of battles you were doing this and it's like oh and in this battle yeah i got you killed and i'm like well thanks 
Yeah. I see how I rate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the first. Sorry, go ahead. That, just, and just having like that difference of being like, you know, he was also first sniper that I got at the very beginning of the game. And so by the end of the final battle, I'd had him all trained up. But it, he'd yeah. been on that same thing throughout the entire thing. And I've seen so many people streaming it that, you know, be like, hey, you know, this, you know, this subscriber is this guy and this subscriber is this guy. And at the end of it, you have this great story of, you know, this team of them that went through and you have like the the list of all of the people that you've lost. And in this one, you're like, I can't list all the people I've lost. They're like they're Hundreds. just in the mass grave out back. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. They're in a pit. <laughs> Back to the pile. You, you think I? You think I've got the? You think I've got the real estate to actually have a cemetery for these guys? What am I made out of? Money? I'm a cup. Right. Just, <laughs> just Sparta that bitch down the well. Exactly. <laughs> oh oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say my first taste of like actually having an attachment to a character in, in that way uh, was Final Fantasy Tactics, and it was so like. Good. Because uh, you got to choose their birthday, which coincided with their <laughs> sign. Yeah. So, like, I was actually, like, putting in my friends' birthdays and stuff. And, like, one of them was me. Of course, you had to have Ramza in your party. I was like, whatever. It's That's nobody <laughs> I care about. Like, uh, uh, but, like, I mean, like, I put the girl I liked in there and she died. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God. Like, this bodes out uh, for our future. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we never got together. <laughs> well, no, you let her die. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you the time of day. <laughs> I mean, I was middle school, right? I was talking to girls was scary. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, it was, yeah, it was, a, I get what what you're feeling there. I never got that with anything else, um, yeah, and, except for Final Fantasy Tactics, which is why it's one of the two Final Fantasies I like, which, you know, now one. Because I can't even say I like seven that much anymore, but <laughs> not even like I, I, go, I went to go back and play it again. And I'm just like, nah. <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna let it sit in my memories and not like try yeah. and remember it. Cause yeah, yeah, that's the nostalgia be... effect, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not worth going back. Yeah. Well, let's um, see what the remake does for seven, but. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's actually going to be a different game. I think it's going to help it out a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> It did not um, age well. No. no. Uh, especially that whole cross-dressing scene. That's not going to go well in this day and age. Looking forward to the controversy on Twitter, personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, do we have anything else on Massive Chalice? Or uh, do you think we talked it out? Yeah, I think the I mean, only thing that I've got, because I forgot to bring it up in the aesthetics, yeah. is I really like that they used the cup, like the two faces chalice illusion is oh, in yeah. that chalice like if you look there's a fa- male and female silhouette even on the stylized yep. chalice for and the two sides will glow in the scenes where you see the cup when yeah. the two of them talk yeah but, it, was, it yeah. was really cool and that like that kind of ties into the art like the art seemed very intentional like you said and it was yeah. it was done well you know yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. That drew, the only drew your attention where like, it needed to yeah yeah that was the only other thing okay I was like yeah i remember that was really neat yeah. So, would you guys like recommend this to to anyone else to pick up though? Uh, uh if it was ten dollars, I would say do a playthrough, have fun with it, be done with it. That's the yeah. exact it's same thing good... I was gonna say. I'd say yeah. If it was like if it was like uh if you see it on sale or you know not from for not much, I would definitely recommend picking it up. If you like tactics games, you're gonna you're not gonna be disappointed. And yeah, it's at the same time it's I don't know it's light enough. 
that even if you're not huge into tactics games, but just kind of interested in playing something, cl- you know, close to one, you'd probably find yourself still enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, for I think I bought it on Steam for twenty, and that felt like a little bit much. But you know, I I like tactics games, and for this, you know, I got yeah. I got plenty out of it. But I think ten is is the sweet spot. You see it on sale yeah. for that much. Yeah, you're gonna enjoy it enough for for that. Yeah, and I I would like lightly recommend it. Um, I, the the biggest thing for me is that the replay va- value isn't very high if you complete a run, yeah. and completing a run isn't extremely hard, right? Once you get it figured out, and you're like, okay, if you need to restart, you need to restart, but like. Yeah, it's yeah, like you, a one and a half do a play run. games where like you play it halfway through and then you're like, let me read, let me go back, and then the, the second half is yeah. brutal. Then I'll be better set up for it, and then you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I 100 percent agree. Like it's just, it's a great game, but it's it's got its limitations. So, mm-hmm. I you know don't go buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But in the summer um, drought, it's it'd be a nice cheap one to pick up on those Steam sales sure. or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I have a thing against Steam, so I get it on GOG. <laughs> get it on a GOG sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I hate the fact that you own a license to your game. You don't own the game, but whatever. Like <laughs> podcast for another modern, time. <laughs> it's yeah. a mo- modern day that we live in. But uh, um, so with uh, with Massive Chalice uh, finished, we'd like to sort of introduce what we're going to be playing next month. Um, so far, probably just Leo and I are going to be talking about this one. Um, maybe we'll get someone else in, or maybe I can rope someone else in to play this along with us and come talk. Um, but we're going to be playing uh, Diablo 1 with the Hell 2 modification. Um, you can find this on ModDB. Um, I'm very familiar with this site because it's where I get my Doom mods <laughs> all the time. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Doom. I've been playing Doom mods for the past like 10 years. So. I'm very familiar with some modding, uh, but it's actually really simple. They give you all the files, and you can launch it from in that folder. And you, I don't think you have to own a copy of Diablo One, but if you do, it actually is on sale for the first time in like 20 years on Good Old Games. Like it's not. Nice. Uh, it was actually commercially unavailable once they stopped selling the Battle Box. If you guys are familiar with that. Oh wow! Didn't know that. Yeah, it was actually illegal to obtain outside of like having a disc Diablo one for a long time. Huh. <laughs> uh, it was it was one of my favorite series, right? So like, I was very you know it's my number two behind Monster Hunter, and and then number th- number three is Doom right after it. So like those those three series are always like something I've always kind of latched onto, and Diablo one started that love for me and. Like, uh, I'm just excited to play and talk about it because uh, Hell 2 mod is extremely different from Diablo 1, but it still has the same feel. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, if if anyone has ever played Diablo 3 and was like, oh, Diablo 2 is so better because it had the mood and it had the da-da-da. And, you know, like, I mean, I agree. It has a better loot system, but that's that's another podcast. But, like... People are always like, ah, oh, it's so fluffy and Diablo 3 is stupid. And I'm like, I mean, that was Diablo 2 in comparison to Diablo 1 for me. So shut up. Like- <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So um, uh, that'll wrap us up for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Fort One. You can catch me at Hunter Pod, and you'll see me 
tweeting a lot of podcasts recently. We got all three shows running now. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we'll probably be talking a lot of Iceborne coming up, getting very soon till that comes out. We got it all pre-ordered here. Uh, we've been playing Generations Ultimate and prep. We've almost completely done like full yellow check mark on every quest in Generations Ultimate. We're finishing out G four. So. Nice, impressive. That's there's a lot of quests in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're doing it. So it's me and my brother doing it. My brother plays only in Prowler mode, so it's me and three cats. So it's been kind of rough. <laughs> you, you know, like, Prowler is a, It's you know. It's um. People say it's good. People say it's, it's good. It's good enough. I will say that. It's good enough. You know, even it's, a bad hunter is a good distraction. Yeah. That's, it is perfectly well, passable. We had, I had my first, like, straight-up triple card against uh, Hyper Rajong, Hyper G-Rank Rajong. Oh. That was just... I was just like, no, no, don't use my hunter. Why did I choose my hunter? No! And then I get hit out of it and die, and I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, right out the He is, man. He's a pissed-off monkey. Uh, he's just as bad as Apex Rajong, and that's just like unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his, uh, it's his chip damage. He moves and like half your health's gone. And you're like, oh, yeah. Thanks. His chip his chip damage is almost as bad as getting punched. Like it's that bad. <laughs> it, is. it is. His chip damage is a regular attack. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no bueno. Uh, uh, I'd like to yeah. subscribe for Rajang facts, please. um but yeah again this is uh fourth one signing off i'll see you guys on the next quest and on that quest where will you be leo uh well i'll be stuck in diablo one one run (laughs) running around wondering why things are chasing me but uh i'll be at the leo rezzer on twitter all right and vengeful where will you be at oh i'm gonna be stuck in celiana like you won't hear from me for once that game once world comes out Iceborne, it's going to be nuts. But you can find me at Vengeful Torture on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Go watch a stream. I was there for Marvel Ultimate Alliance once. It was fun. I died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds All right, fun. guys. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. See ya.